what do I define about blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, and he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, please respond. Are you ready for a I'm rooting for um, everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everyone, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkInSpill.com. I am really pumped for this conversation and you're going to find out why very, very soon. If you know me and you follow me on Instagram, you know I love to travel and that I used to travel quite extensively for work and for fun and I've been really missing that like a lot and As you also may know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know a lot of my guests that I've had this year have been from Clubhouse, and this guest is no different. So this week, this week, in the summer month of August, we have someone very special, and her name is Miss Amber C. Edwards. Um, She's a relocation specialist, and she helps mainly Black women, right, and other people to relocate and to do that with ease, with ease and knowledge and insight, right? And all the tools that you need to make it happen. And I'm really excited because we're going to talk about what it's like to work with somebody who is a relocation specialist, right? What does that mean? How does that work? How can I get support, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to get into it. And we're going to do a little bit of role-playing, which I never really do on this show. So I'm even more excited to do that. So if you have your cell phone out real quick, before we get into it, I want you to pull out Instagram if you have it. Um, or your web browser. Amber's website is Amber C. Edwards, and that's the letter C, ambercedwards.com. And then her Instagram is, guess what? At Amber C. Edwards. So please follow her. Make sure you pull up her page, see what she's all about. She's got some incredible photos and videos. She's a creator of The Lit House, which we're going to get into that too. So without further ado, hi, Amber. How's it going? Hey, Whitney. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm very excited about this. I'm just envisioning myself not in Virginia, not in the U.S. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't be more excited. I could not be more excited. Okay, so we did meet on Clubhouse. I don't remember when, but it was probably like 2020. I would say 2020. It had to have been 2020 or like early 2021. Yep, it was like early 2020. I think I had just gotten an iPhone. And so I had gotten Clubhouse because it was only open to iPhones at the time. So uh, I would say, yeah, like January 2020 was when I hopped on. And I think that's, I I started in a, was it Black Girls Do? I believe something like that. One of those groups. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Black Girls Do. Uh, We love Black Girls Do. Shout out to Leah Johnson. Uh, Yes. Black Girls Do is a phenomenal group, y'all, on Clubhouse. And I told you, I met a lot of people through Clubhouse. And it's crazy because a lot of the folks that I met on Clubhouse, some of them aren't on Clubhouse as much anymore. So I'm excited to talk with people who I've now essentially bonded with on Instagram, right? After initially meeting them on Clubhouse. So on Club or on Instagram, you say here in your bio, I'm going to pull it up right now for everybody to kind of read with me, but it says basically, are you a black woman thinking about living in another country? Check out the Lit House and my relocation resources. Move overseas with ease. So let's get into like, how this even came about for you and why you are a relocation specialist. 
Definitely. So I've always wanted to live outside the country. I'm a border kid. So I was raised up on the border of Texas and Mexico. So I grew up very multicultural. And my dad's also from the Caribbean. He's from an island called Antigua and Barbuda. Oh, that's two islands, but he's from Antigua, from Antigua and Barbuda. And so the first time I went, I was 12 and went during carnival time. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is the life. I want to braid hair on the beach. (laughs) And so, but I was like, oh, you know, black people don't do this. So I just kind of like put that thought into the back of my mind thinking like, okay, this is something that if I wanted to do, it would be down the line, you know, retirement. And then in 2016, around November, (laughs) I was living in DC and it was around the election time. And I was like, you know what? I think this is this is a good time to start looking into moving overseas. This is going to be a very interesting four years, which it was for sure. And just started the process to to living in another country and had the opportunity to go to the Middle East. So I lived in Qatar for six months and I had the best time in the world. I really stepped out of my comfort zone. I'm an operations person, so I do a lot of stuff background and looking the way I do. I was bald. I'm black, a little bit tall. I kind of just stuck out and I can't really blend in. So I just kind of had to embrace it and ended up becoming a model, which is crazy because <laughs> I don't do those things, but it was great. I just had a chance to do things that I would have never had the chance to do, never had the courage to do in America. I was like, nobody knows me here. Like, why not? Let's, let's, let's become a whole new person. Let's create this drag persona that I can step into. And it was lovely. And that, yeah, that started my overseas journey. Started showing other people just through social media. Hey, I'm overseas. You know, this is what it's like. And people started reaching out like, oh my goodness. Like I would love to do this myself. I've always wanted to do this. But, you know, I'm afraid or my parents won't let me or nobody else wants to do it with me. And so I ended up um, moving to Antigua six months after living in Qatar and started working on vacations and creating like vacation packages there and created a vacation package for an influencer who loved it and was like, I'm moving here. (laughs) And I was like, all right, well, you know, it's you know, living here is not the same as vacationing here. So let's ease in to to the move. Come live with me. I will train you on, you know, how to, to, to live in this country. And that way, you know, you don't sell everything and, you know, sell your house, sell your car and move and you come there and you're like, oh my gosh, I hate it. Or this is not what I thought it was. And now you're in a whole different situation. So that was the inspiration for creating my course. Nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. No, I, but, I like yeah. I like how you help people navigate their fears around moving too, though. Like that I think is really reassuring because it can be scary. It can be scary. And even like, you know, to your point about it's nice to vacation, but like living here is a different ball game. I totally get that. And it's funny because one of my, um, one of my colleagues went to Europe, he went backpacking like after graduating college and (laughs) 
after three weeks, he's like, or after like two and a half, he's like, okay, I've had enough. I've had enough, right? This is a lot. <laughs> and because it can be overwhelming. People really yeah. kind of over plan, they overdo it. And I went to China back in like 2016. And that was a trip I had never anticipated taking. And I took it and it ended up being really, really great. But same for me, like after two full weeks, maybe two and a half, and it wasn't because of over planning. It was just you know, you like things the way you like things and you don't have the same rhythm and routine and oftentimes control to do what, you know, feels good in that moment. And it's just, it can be a lot to be somewhere for longer than three weeks. I think three weeks is a very full vacation for a lot of folks and, you know, navigating that can be hard. Moving is hard just in and of itself, let alone going someplace where you may not know anybody. So I love that that's part of what you offer to people. Definitely. And honestly, a three-week vacation to me sounds kind of exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> um, because of, when you're on vacation, a lot of people want to do a lot of things. They want to explore. They want to go to the best of the best. You're doing a lot. You're moving around a lot. That's that's not real life. Like every day you're going to work nine to five when I live overseas. So it's it's actually like being there for three weeks on a vacation, you're getting like a super intensive on what it would be like to live there. But I'm like, that's that's not real life at all. It's way more relaxed. <laughs> it's like your, your yeah. life, but just, you know, more tropical. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And when I went to, when I went to China, we had gone to like three different places. So we went to yeah. Beijing, Shanghai, and Xi'an, and then like back to Beijing at some point. Um, moving. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of movement and it was a lot of fun, but like my sister studied abroad in Barcelona right before the pandemic. Literally, I think, she got back home in 2019, I believe. I believe it was right before the pandemic. It had to have been. So she was in, yeah, I think it was 2019. She was in Barcelona for several months and she absolutely loved it, right? But she was living there. It was a completely different ball game. Um, and mm -hmm. she always talks about going back. So like there are several places that are on my list. But with you, you're talking about living. So let's let's talk about that a little bit more and how do people come to you? At what point do they do they come to you for assistance? Really depends on the person. It's, I feel like there's been maybe like two solid trackways. First is this is something that I've wanted to do, but I've done some research and I'm feeling overwhelmed with the process because I'm not getting exactly like you said, I'm not getting the results of things that I'm wanting here. The second one is the person who wants to go overseas, but like they already, they already know that they want some help and they just want somebody to come along. So they're like, I need someone just to tell me what to do so I can do it. And if I have any questions, I can bounce ideas off of you. So like they're the person that invests in coaching or invests in like additional education for things or brings people on to assist them with things. They're like, I know I want it done. And I just know that I want to do it by myself. So yeah, there's like the DIY person who's like, I just need some guidance and I'm, I'm ready. I just need to like, there's some things that have blocked me from going and I need to figure out what those are. And then they continue on with the process and go. And then, yeah, there's the girl that wants me to be there with her as we do this journey. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. So two different tracks, it seems. And then when it comes to figuring, I, I remember having a chat with you and you were talking about really like the vibe of the person and how they want to live and yeah. what their lifestyle is and how that 
goes into this actual like consultation and what you say to them. Cause that makes sense. It's just like with buying a car, I feel right. What are you going to be doing? Where are you driving? What kind of environment do you live in? What kind of roads? Like, are you off-roading? Are you going to be in city roads? Like, are you commuting to and from work? Are you just going to be using it for the weekend? Is the weather always really crappy where you like, what's going on? Do you need all wheel drive? Like there are several questions that make sense. And I think the same is similar for what you're doing. So I am ready to get into, are you ready to get into like the role-playing aspect of this where we kind of go through what it would be like? I am. And then okay. I think it's a great analogy as well, because you can't go into a car dealership and say, I want the best car. And they're going right. to be like, okay, well, I don't know anything about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what the best car is. The best car for, are you a mom with kids? Are you, you know, are you single and solo trying to, to pick up a, you know, a man kind of vibes? Like who, let me learn, like you said, what's the environment like? Here's some things about your lifestyle. And then once you learn about that, they're able to give you a better idea of what kind of car is best fits for you. That's exactly Absolutely. what I think. It's, yeah. it's custom to your lifestyle and it's whatever the lifestyle that you have now, but also the lifestyle that you want in the future. Cause mm-hmm. that changes as you go on in life. So like where you are right now, we're working on that, but also like, okay, when I go there, these are some things that I want to change in my life, or these are some goals that I have that I want to reach. And I want to do that through going overseas. So like a lot of people have goals of saving money and it's actually some, sometimes a lot faster and easier to save money just by moving to a place where the cost of living is lower, especially if you have us based income coming in. Yeah. So it just depends on what your goals are and just finding out ways to integrate travel into reaching them. So that's my, that's my fun part. No, that's, that's perfect. That's completely perfect. Okay. Let's get into it. So you're going to lead it and just kind of, so ladies and gentlemen, basically what we're going to do is, and this is real life. Technically, I know we're role playing to a degree, but like this is also, <laughs> I'm going to answer honestly to any question yes. that she asked me. And I have 1000% been interested in moving abroad for several, several reasons over the years. And it's something that I want to do. And I don't know when I'm going to do it. It could be next month. It could be next year. It could be next winter. Who knows? Who knows? But it's going to happen at some point. And I absolutely love this idea of talking to a specialist, a guru, someone who's been there, done that, gotten the actual t-shirt or party mug or Mm -hmm. shot glass, right? And can tell me, hey, look, based on what I know about you, I think you'll like this. Um, I take this kind of stuff very seriously. As you know, I love to move around. I love to eat. I like experiences. And I recommend cafes and restaurants and you know, even museums here in DC based on what people tell me, like activities to do. It's really, really cool to be able to do that, but it's fun when you talk to someone who really knows what they're talking about. So with that being said, I'm going to hand you the mic. Please walk us through. Thank you. Okay. So I love that you've already prefaced with that. This is something that you've wanted to do. So if we were to have a consultation, you would normally schedule this. (laughs) So Whitney, tell me about some of the places that, or what are some of the things about the cities in the U.S. that you've lived, that you are drawn to, or that you have enjoyed? Okay. Well, I lived in San Antonio. I've lived in Dallas. I've been to Houston. I've been to some southern states, as well as, you know, Georgia. 
uh, Florida, Louisiana. There's a lot about the South that I like, as far as like the food, the culture, the horses, the the camaraderie, and just like the hospitality. I do love that. San Diego is like my happy place. San Diego and Temecula, or I always say Temecula when I need to say Palm Springs, but Temecula is too. I love Temecula too, but San Diego, so Southern California just in general is like, is, is probably my top place in the U.S. I do love D.C., but um, I like D.C. for the, the obviously the culture, the history. There's a lot here. It's really hard to get bored. We have Virginia with the wineries and stuff for that. Um, but Southern California, Palm Springs, it's just, I, I like the temperament, the weather. I feel like, you know, the weather there is perfect. Even in the desert, it's really, really nice. And it's just a vibe, right? The vibe is just so chill. It's so chill. And a completely different kind of chill than like the South. But right. both good. Okay, no, this is good. This is helpful. And so I know you talked about wanting to live overseas. Are there any countries that have piqued your interest as far as like either doing a test run or possibly living? Well, I do have a buddy who loves Mexico City. She's been several times. She's like, it's my, it's her happy place. Okay. And she's been around the world traveling. She was just in Iceland. So I trust her opinion. And then I've talked to you about Mexico. I know you spent a lot of time there. So I would be, and Mexico's not that far, right? As far as it being, you know, like in a completely, obviously there are different time zones, but it's not going to be across oceans and whatnot, you know, water, exactly. large bodies of water. So I like the proximity back to Virginia here where my family is. Exactly. The flights are pretty much nonstop. Mexico City's central time zone for 10 out of 12 months of the year, other than daylight savings time where they're mountain time. So that is one of the things, one of my top reasons, proximity to the U.S. Flights prices are also really nice going to Mexico City as well. And a lot of people go there. It's, I think, the fifth largest city in the world. So there's tons and tons and tons of things to do as far as like activities, um, nature stuff, and a quick day trip, you know, four hours away to get to hot springs, to get to the beach, to get to the volcanoes. Like it's epic, epic. Okay. Okay. Mexico's good vibes. All right. So then tell me about like, I know you said you had that desire to move overseas, but like, I guess, where does that, not where does it come from? I know you say you live in the military. So do you think like that has something to do with your desire to want to be there? Or is it more like, being, like you said, being in the U.S. and I've exhausted all the places. I've, I've been to these places. It's like, okay, it's good, but there's still something missing. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a mixture of things. I So my sister, when she studied abroad in Barcelona, Barcelona was a place that I was supposed to have gone back in like the eighth grade. And then 9-11 happened. And that kind of ruined my whole going abroad, going overseas thing. They shut all that stuff down. So we were just kind of here. And so I never got the chance to go. And then my teacher, I had a Spanish teacher in my freshman year of high school who was from there. And I think she spoke Catalan. I can't remember, but she was like, Barcelona is amazing, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, I want to go. And I still like, it just was not happening. And then, yeah. And then my sister went and I was like, damn. And I didn't get to go visit her while she was there. Oh. And it was such a bummer. I know it was such a bummer. My parents got to go, but I didn't get a chance to go. I had so much shit going on. I don't even remember where I was in life at that time, but it was just, I was traveling and it was a mess. So I didn't get to go. And I was like, you know what? It's for the better. I will go when she's not 
you know, in school that we will be able to really go and do a bit more, but you know, but yeah, so I really want to go there. I feel like that's a place that kind of has a culmination of a lot of what I'm looking for and I would just really vibe out. And I think my sister wants to move there as well. So I think Spain sounds cool. I don't think I would live in China. I did have fun there, but there's just places that I feel like I would really enjoy um, and I could create a life and a community, you know, there. I love that. And Barcelona, I, one of the spots that is on my list, especially for Europe, is Lisbon, mm. uh, especially for Black women, just because there's already an existing Black expat community there. It's pretty large. There's actually like a really great group called Black.in.Portugal that's on Instagram that hosts events and gatherings and bring people. It's, it's a lovely group of four Black women there. And so that's always one that I'm like, all right, if y'all go to Europe, please check out Portugal, please check out Lisbon, just so you can see that would be the place that I would recommend if yeah, if we go to Europe, just for like the transition vibes. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. And so that's what I focus on mostly is the transition to a new country. And that's little that's what lit actually stands for in the lit house is local and training. So that is there for transitioning to a new place. So you're actually learning how to become a local while also figuring out how to balance, you know, life as an American and the things that we like, the things like the access to tech that we have, you know, things that being able to get out of, at a click of a finger, sometimes that's not available. So just figuring out, okay, if that's not available, what's the next best option and going from there. But you'd be surprised. There's a lot of things that are available. We just don't really know about because we're not from there. So, and that's, part of what makes like the the relocation process frustrating is just like the lack of knowledge. Mm, so I love that. I love that. Okay. So then tell me what's going to be different about you or about your life when you're in Barcelona, when you're in Mexico city. Well, I think being able to sort of do that whole, like from scratch bit, it's just something that I've grown to enjoy. So when I was younger and my parents were kind of dragging me around the country, that's how I felt, right? They were going, we were being stationed at different places. It was kind of taxing and overwhelming for lack of a better term to keep starting from scratch. But now it's like, one of the things I love most is being able to go to a new place or a new city and kind of explore it really, really, really hard. And then take what I need and then kind of keep it moving. And I really enjoy doing that. When I moved to Dallas, that's what happened. I moved there. I wanted to try it out. And I did. I went hard for a year and then I put my stuff in storage and I kept it moving. Um, And that was just part of, you know, and I was going to stay, but I was like, yeah. And then some other stuff happened and life moved me back to Virginia. But I just, I like the idea of that wanderlust exploring. And then obviously, right, like you said, I will be different with the experiences, the experiences, you know, I know the art scene in different places. It's going to be super cool. Learning a new language will be a huge learning curve, but it'll also be really fun and challenging and also just making new friends, you know, and having a good time. Yes. No, I love your mindset on this because that, and there are some people who do that. They're called nomadic, nomadic expats. So they hop around Um, I call it like island hopping sometimes if it's, you know, more Caribbean vibes. I know a lot of people who island hop, they go, okay, I'm going to try here. And then I'm going to stay there for a month to three months. And then I'm going to go here and see what those vibes are like. Because each island in the Caribbean has its own vibes, its own energy. 
So it, they're all different. Like not everywhere is Jamaica. <laughs> and you see that once you go around the different islands and especially the smaller ones that aren't as marketed or as popular, those are the ones that I feel like have so much rich culture that we're like, whoa, I had no idea. And it's like, yeah, son. So I think that's beautiful to be able to absorb as much of it as you can as possible while you're there. A good two to four weeks can, you know, can well thought out, can get you a full, a full enough experience to get at least a vibe of what it would be like to live there. Absolutely. And like yeah. really point, paint yourself like, okay, I'm actually going to work while I'm here. I'm here for a month. I'm going to work every day. Like it's a nine to five. So what, am, what does it look like to work remote from another country? Am I going to, you know, create an office space or rent a place for a month, you know, a random Airbnb for a month and make sure that it has an office? Am I going to, you know, stay at a hotel, stay at a hostel and, you know, use my WeWork membership over here, which they have them, you know, all over the world and you can use them. Am I going to coffee shops and doing work from there? Like, it's an interesting vibe. Am I going up to the rooftop (laughs) of my place? Am I doing co-working sessions with, you know, other people in the community and doing um, a language exchange or where I practice my Spanish and they practice their English? There's so many options. So it's a lovely, I think it's like a, that two to four weeks, really four weeks were really like, okay, yeah, these are the vibes. I can see, I can see this being something I do long-term or like, this was cool, but I'm going to keep going. I haven't found that feeling of home yet. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like once you find that feeling of home, then I that feeling to like hop around won't be as like pr- not pressing, but like on the top of your mind because you're like, sure. well, every time I go to another place, ah, that other place that I went to, it just keeps calling my name. <laughs> like there was something so good about it. That's kind of how I feel about Mexico City as well. I'm like, I let me go to other places, and I'm like, oh, but the food, but the people, but the weather. But the nature, okay, let me go back. <laughs> and then I go and I'm like, oh, yes, this is this is what I miss. And then I'm there for six months and I'm like, I need the beach. I'm cold. So then I come to Merida for the other half. And I'm like, oh, this is what I miss. The heat, the sunshine, the beach, being able to ride my bike on the street and people waving at me like, hola, como estas? I'm like, como estas? <laughs> With the abuelitas, like all of that vibes. So yeah, I love that. The the hopping around and, and getting a feeling of it, learning, you know, little scripts from each place that you go to. So when you go there and your friends come and visit, you'd be like, hold on, I got y'all. <laughs> Let me show you how to uh, take a taxi over here. Come on, this is what you say. Da-da-da-da-da. Like it's really cool to show people like what it's like living in a new country because they think it's like one thing and then you actually show them what it's like and they're like, okay, this is way different than what I thought, but it's also like, it's normal, but it's cool. I don't know. Cause you're just being able to navigate things in a different environment so smoothly. It's impressive. So yes, show off to your friends. <laughs> I can dig it. Yeah. Down for that. So I do have something. I have a question. Yeah. A lot of people listening are going to be like, wait, Whitney wants to live this extravagant lifestyle abroad, but she has a big, a big ass dog. So I do want to preface that in case you, you have not seen, or I don't know if we've spoken. I think I did mention her before, but I just want to reiterate and also let the people know that, you know, that I have a 70 plus pound companion who will be most likely 
going with me on these adventures. So that's another added layer of, you know, just something to think about. Definitely. And that is great that you, you mentioned that on the call because that is real. And depending on the size of dog could determine different things depending on where you go. So for example, in, in Mexico, people bring their dogs down here all the time. However, sometimes the airline requires a special form for you coming and bringing your pet down, especially if you plan on staying long-term. And if you don't have that form (laughs) when you're there, you'll have to go and get it or change flights, which just happened to somebody this week in one of the Melanin Moms group. Even though I'm not a mom, I'm still in the group because it's a great group. But (laughs) shout out to the Melanin Moms of uh, the Yucatan. That just happened to one of the women coming down here. So she had to make some some changes. I think she's going to end up taking the bus or hiring a private driver to come down um, when she makes it across. So it's it's a long story, but yes, it is possible, but it's just something that you have to consider. What are the ramifications? Like, does my dog have to go under a quarantine for a few weeks? You know, do they need certain shots, certain records before they even come and having that ahead of time, just so you're not at the airport and you're like, you can't come unless you do all of these things. And you're like, but my flight leaves in an hour (laughs) and now you're having to scramble last minute. So definitely looking up countries. And that would be something that is a part of your research. I always tell people when you start the research to living overseas and like, just kind of like, what is it like, you know, me as a black person, me as a black woman, me as a woman, me as an American, me as a dog owner, because you're all of those things. Like, what is it like to be in this country? And Facebook is really good at their travel groups. So looking up, you know, expats in Mexico, you know, black people in Mexico, brothers and sisters of Merida. I think with one of the WhatsApp groups I'm in is like Melanin Airs. So it's finding those groups and then posing the question, like, let me type in the search bar dog and see what pops up. Cause I know someone's brought, trying to bring their dog here and you'll get a lot of answers to, to the questions that have stopped you. Like, Oh, I can't bring my dog. They're not going to let me bring my dog. Well, if you type it in the group, people are going to actually show you how to do that so that it's like now it is a possibility. And then now it's like, okay, I cannot bring my dog. So now I just have to choose a date as to when I want to go. And that, I guess that's my next question to you is, I know you said you can move in a month, a year, six months, two years, but like, when do you want to move? Well, technically, technically my lease is up the 21st of September. So yeah, so that's where my lease ends. I was planning on just renewing, not renewing in this unit, but in a smaller one so that I could go and explore more because the prices have shifted and I'd be saving about a grand on just lodging. And so I was like, okay, well, we could do that. We could just stay and chill especially with, you know, COVID not looking that great and like monkeypox and we're in a state of emergency. Like it's just looking really weird and flu season is coming. And then all these kids are going back to school in like a week. So I'm just not certain what's happening. And I don't, (laughs) I'm a little nervous. Let's just say that because yeah, it's hard being 
I would say that's a big fear is it's hard to be with the pandemic, right? One of the biggest things is like, it is very solitary. You know, you're in mm-hmm. the house, you're not, I'm already working from home, which is a whole other ball game within and of itself, but being alone all of the time, especially in the winter is just difficult. So it is easier. Like in my building, I know my neighbors, I have people like, you know, if I, if I disappear for like two days, someone's going to notice that's the kind of stuff, like when it comes to safety, even just like health wise, I do pay attention to, and that's some, that's a concern, but technically to answer your question, technically my lease ends in September, but I did say to myself, even if I go to another unit or if I stay and I just renew, I would give myself maybe six months or several months, whatever, wait until the winter maybe is over. And then reevaluate that. And if I have to sublet, cool, you know, I can sublet. So even though the lease is for, it would be for a year, that does not mean that I have to stay for the year. If that makes okay, sense. It's good that you, you know that you can sublet as well. Yes. I don't think I can Airbnb it, but I do think I can sublet. Okay. So just like a long, they want a long term. They don't want people mm-hmm. coming in every weekend. Right. Right. Okay, great. No, I mean, I do long term Airbnbs all the time. I'm usually in them. I book them for two to three months. Easy because it saves me money. It's actually cheaper doing a long term Airbnb than the shorter ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you really have, there was, in my mind, like as far as quickness goes, either, of course, your lease is up and, you know, we're on the phone, we're packing up and we're figuring out what does that look like? What's going where? What are you keeping? What are you getting rid of? What are you putting in storage? Where, you know, what's going to whose house? What are you donating? What are you bringing with you? What are you throwing away? Because it's like, nobody needs this. (laughs) What are you recycling? What are you selling? And then where, based on where you're going, will be determined what you pack. And you can do it in a month and a half. I've done it in six days with a family of five and two kids. So it's possible with you and your dog to do the same. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's most of, honestly, 80% of a move is mental. 20% is prep. So if you're mentally ready, like you're going, the prep is easy. I do that in my sleep. Most of it is just you being in the right mindset. Wow. I mean, oh. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, <laughs> it's funny. I, um, one of my buddies moved like the other week and I was watching her kind of, and she was moving across the country to Denver and she was driving. She wasn't bringing anything. She wasn't renting a U-Haul. She didn't even want to mail herself stuff. And I watched her purge all of this stuff, right? Just different belongings And she had all kinds of crap. And she's like, uh, and she brought boxes and boxes. And she was like, I'm just going to bless everyone with all my stuff. And she gave a lot of really good stuff away. And I watched her do that. And I was like, damn, this is kind of inspiring. And so I literally went home and I was like, okay, what can I get rid of? What can I do to get rid of stuff that like, I know I'm not taking to the next place, even if I just moved down the street. And I did, I started cleaning through and organizing and being a military kid, you know how, I know how to and then all the traveling I was doing before COVID, like if anybody can be packed and ready in 15 to 20 minutes, I know I yes. can. So <laughs> you're right. You're right. I love that. So yeah, that one is definitely an option, but also like taking a smaller unit where you save that thousand dollars is great because now you're giving yourself an extra thousand dollars. That's going to pay your rent in your new country just True. right there. So now for what you're paying now, you have two places. Yeah. And then, of course, you can always sublet. I like for you, though, the long-term Airbnb better. So getting somebody for two to three months, because since you'll be hopping around, you may want to come home in between. And I think six months to, you know, having someone there forever 
may not work, but you can time it out to where like, all right, I already know that I want to come home around the holidays, which I don't do the holidays because it's cold. I'm like, I'm going to see y'all in the summertime when it's warm and we're all doing patio weather and going to the pool. Not when it's cold and we all are shivering (laughs) at brunch. So for me, June and July, well, now it's going to be July and August because it's still kind of cold in June. July and August are the year, are the months that I go back home because I don't do the cold. I just, I just don't. So it's just knowing like, okay, I already know that I have this special event or it's, you know, my parents' anniversary or I have a wedding that's coming that I have to be in. That is these months. And then just plan it around there where that time you can just block it off. And that way you have your space back to yourself. And that way you don't have to rent a place. And then you just open it up again once you leave. Okay. So there's always ways to like make money in the process. It's just like, you know, having a little bit of planning, it will help you get stuff booked beforehand. So like, if you already know, like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and get the smaller place, but I don't want to be here in the winter time. So I already know that November through January, I want it to be booked. So take pictures of your place and put that on Airbnb right now and set the parameters to month long is the minimum and go from there. And just now you're just waiting to see who's going to book it. And then someone books it and now you have all this extra money and now you can use that to find your new place. And now you'll have a budget like, okay, I gave myself, you know, maybe I I gave them, I put it on Airbnb. So I'm saving a thousand, but then I'm going to charge them an extra thousand, you know, for having all the furniture, for paying for everything. Cause you know, you're going to do the bills also. So that gives you now $2,000 to each month that you're keeping. And now that's going to pay for your housing, your food, your transportation, everything in your new country. So now whatever you're taking in from work, all that can go to savings because your rent in your first country is paying for your lifestyle in your second. Okay. And so, yeah, I would have to just check with the, with about the Airbnb bit. Um, if they, cause I don't think, I know they do corporate in my building and I know that they do subletting where you can have someone kind of take over the lease, but the Airbnb bit, I have to double check on that. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. see so you yeah. can have a long-term tenant where it's like, no, they're going to be here for three months. Cause like okay. I, it's still my place, but like, you know, and they don't have to know that it's like my, my auntie, my cousin's coming to stay at my house. Cause I'm going overseas. So she's house sitting for me. That's true. <laughs> kind of okay. so They're not moving in, you know, right. they're just making sure that your stuff is being used. Like you don't want to, if you have a house, I don't want my house to be vacant for two, three months. No, I have too many plants for that. Oh my god! Exactly. Gosh. Like they're going to make sure all your plants are watered. They're going to make sure all of that is still being maintained. So when you do come back, you have a fresh home instead of like, okay, it's three months you open the door and you're like, ah, I don't know what this is going to look like. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's totally fair. And I do have some friends who are flight attendants, so I may be able to get someone to commit to staying there for, you know, the time being where I'm, while I'm away. Yeah. So that could be really good. Okay. Okay. What else? What other questions? Perfect. And then even home exchange as well is a good thing to look at where y'all just swap places. So you're not actually. Oh, like that movie. That's such a good movie. Yeah. Have you, you've seen this movie. What is it called? It's the Christmas movie. No, I have the holiday. It's called the holiday. Who's in it? Is it a black? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so cheesy. Cameron Diaz, Cameron Diaz, Jack Zafanopoulos. I don't know how to say his name. Um, And then this, this foreign guy, uh, he's British. I think can't remember his name, but Cameron Diaz lives in LA and, oh, and Kate Winslet. 
Cameron Diaz lives in, in LA and her boyfriend like is stupid and they break up. And so then she wants, and this is like winter and in, in Cali, right? In SoCal. So she goes to sidebar y'all. Then she goes to Ireland, I think. Okay. I can't remember where she goes, but she goes overseas. And then the lady that was there, she's been like fawning over this guy she works with, who's also a D bag and they don't work out. She gets pissed off. And then, so she goes to LA and they end up meeting people where they end up residing, but they did a house swap and it was really, really cute. It's such a good movie. We watch it every year at Christmas time. Really okay. I will watch that today. <laughs> I will. I love that. But that's very real. Like, because in those situations, the people that live there, a lot of the times, especially that I've seen, like, they're like, Hey, you know, I got people that are here. Let me, let me give you some recommendations. Let them know, you know, me kind of vibes. And that's how you get an instant community without having to do any work. And a lot of moving overseas is, is community. Like you don't want to be in paradise and have no friends right. crying on the beach by yourself. Like that's no fun. And that's one of the reasons why like I love Mexico City. It's like the black expat community there is epic. And I'm like, this is part of the reason why I keep coming here. The food is great. The people that live here are great. And the black people that also live here are great. Why would I not want to be here? <laughs> it's like everything I need. Don't everybody come to Mexico City, though, but <laughs> it is lovely. It is lovely, lovely, lovely. Okay, so then tell me then, what's stopping you from just literally going in and, you know, my lease is up September 21st. That's it. My lease is up. I'm not renewing. Like, what's stopping you from just doing that and hopping around? Um, Probably control, you know, having that control of just like everything. I know if I have my spot locked in, I don't have to worry about lodging, which can be stressful. Um, I used to, I remember there was a year where I did not have a lease. This was back in 2015, where I was living solely out of Airbnbs in New England, um, or mainly in Massachusetts, in Boston. And I was traveling throughout New England, up and down. And then I would go down to DC on the weekends and go back up and I would go to Atlanta and I was flying all over the place. And I literally was living out of like, rental cars. And this one lady who let me, she was an Airbnb host and she let me store like my boots and like my, my stuff in one of her closets because she was so sweet. And I'm still friends with her to this day, but I did that for several, several months and it was fun. And I had a phenomenal time. And it's a time that I will always remember. However, it can be a bit much. And I didn't have a dog when I was doing that. So for me, it's, you know, safety, security, and then the whole like COVID thing, really COVID has been such a thorn in my side when it comes to moving like I want to, because it's just been, it's just, yeah, it's just been this huge elephant in the room of being able to sort of move around freely for me, at least. Hey, can we take a pause real quick? I just want to let y'all know this is exclusive and time sensitive. If you're hearing this, there's a really good chance that either I have a spot open or I have a spot opening on my one-on-one program that I offer. So I only do four slots at a time because this is like the most intense, thorough, intimate way to work with me ever. This is my creme de la creme, like four bad bitches only. This is for solopreneurs 
who have a nine to five, who work in corporate, who have some sort of job that they are doing and that they're doing really well, but who also have a side hustle or a business that they are running on the side and they want to build and streamline their goals towards. A lot of us have strategy. A lot of us have plans here and there, but most of us don't have accountability. A lot of us don't have a support system that's solid and the rest of us aren't organized and have strong boundaries, have routines, like all of that. So I'm going to help you get it all together. This is a three month intensive one-on-one coaching program where you have full access to me via Voxer. We have seven, seven one-on-one calls with each other throughout the three months and you get routines, you get customized affirmations and audios and all kinds of things to help you succeed. So check out the link. It's in the show notes. It's also on my website, WhitneyDanielle.com. If you have questions, DM me, send me an audio note. Let me know if you know someone who needs to get their shit together in this manner, send me their information. I will totally hook you up for the referral. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. So probably COVID fear of whatever control and the dog, maybe the dog really isn't an excuse. It's just like, I can't live like I was before and weigh it as hard with her. Okay. So, well, this is good because I mean, honestly keep, I would recommend keeping your place, especially with already having to deal with historically hopping around a lot. Having a place with all your stuff is definitely like necessary. So I would just try to look look and try to downsize or try to find a, another unit, like you said, in your building that's a little bit cheaper. So that way you can use that money to live overseas. And then you don't, I mean, no one has to be in the apartment while you're gone also. So you could just go for a month and then come back and go f- work for a month and then go for another month to another country and then come back to the U.S. for a month. That's true. Cause you that's ha- very, very true. Yeah, as long as you stay within the 1000 or whatever that difference is budget, you're already saving that. So it's just allocating that over there. You're not having to change anything in your, nothing changes in your lifestyle other than you're just saving extra money. Right. And probably yeah. your expenses and stuff will go down a little bit too because it'll be a little bit of a smaller place. So you'll probably end up saving a little bit extra. So if you're like, all right, if I give it a thousand, you know, utilities, probably everything, maybe an extra like hundred or two, that extra 200 now will go into savings. And that extra thousand that I'm saving in rent will be how much I need to survive or really just rent. Cause you still have to eat. You still have to get around all that stuff naturally. So like you already have to pay for that. So it's really just rent and maybe transportation would be the only other thing okay. that you would have to pay for. But yeah, keep your place and finding places with uh, countries that it's easy to get a dog into and transport it through. And that's also dog friendly as well helps which mexico city is extremely dog friendly which it's looking like that may be the spot on the on this side of the world anyways for you yeah that's what i'm yeah that's what it's feeling like and i'm down so tell us a little bit about that area and why that's kind of sticking out outside of it being dog friendly and within this central time zone and not being a super far trip with the round trip flights and whatnot I mean, those are the three main ones right there. <laughs> Quality of life is great. The cost of living is lower. So like Uber's two to five dollars, which would be like twenty to fifty dollars. I would pay the same distance in the US. All of my grooming services are a third of the price. So I'm paying forty dollars for Jamani Petty versus like 150 in the US. And this is like with tip 
20%, I always tip 20% anyway. So I'm always include that in whatever services. So that's included with tip. There's tons of different like food options. So as far as like, you can eat like a local and you can eat like an American as well. There's Popeye's, you know, they have that. They have Starbucks. They have Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco. So it's if you go and you don't know any Spanish, <laughs> you at least have brand recognition of, you know, places to eat. And then as you meet people and you kind of like get recommendations from people, that's how you start to kind of test out the food. If you're like, I don't know what's good, what's bad, whatever, then it's like, okay, start with what you know and reach out to people and like, hey, have you been here before? What are some of your favorite spots? And then going there. And then you'll start to meet more people and they'll be telling you more places like, oh my God, you need to try da 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 like write it down and then just go there. Activities and everything is tons of fun, very dog friendly. So, I mean, it's your dog will love it there. The weather's great. It's never like super hot or super cold. Right now it's rainy season. So like every day around like maybe five, something like that, between three to five to six, it'll rain. So keeps the temperature down, keeps the, the, the air pollution a little bit cleaner as well. Subway is 25 cents to get anywhere. The bus is like six cents. And one thing I love about the city is that with the public transit, the first carts are women and children only. So if you're feeling like, ooh, it's not safe, then at least, you know, you can get around and not have like, you know, what you think would be creepy guys (laughs) trying to come at you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of it. It, it, And it's really also based on like what your non-negotiables are. So like, I would be asking you, like, what are some of the things that you cannot and live and will not live without? So, like, for me, it's grooming stuff. I like to get sugared. So my city needs to have sugar hair removal there because I don't get waxed and I don't shave. So that's a part of my non-negotiables. Something as simple as that. Mm. I mean, I'm definitely a cafe kind of girl. I really do love a good solid cafe that you can go to, you can work from. I do love a good sunset, rooftop vibes, um, and then walkability. Like there has to be grass because homegirl, she needs grass. And it would be nice to have a park somewhere she can run because she does like to do that. And having a, like a dog park, like a large dog, dog park, not like a little teeny little squares. Some of the places, even around where I live, um, will often have these little teeny spots for the dogs, but like a big, like a big park would be cool. And then I do like to drive. So that would be something I'd have to adjust to or um, figure out how to get, you know, wheels. Um, I do enjoy. Don't do it. Don't do it here. Don't do it to yourself. It's a whole different culture and driving. So I would just say, just be driven. And so you understand (laughs) how it goes. Don't stress yourself out. Don't do it. Because I'm like, you don't even know the language. So like, how do you even know the stop signs? And, you know, Mm. you can't even read any of that. So that's a very uh good point. That's a very good point. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the reason, the main reason for wanting the car too, outside of enjoying driving is because getting around, if I take my dog with me, a lot of times that's a problemo. If you do that um, on public transportation or like on a bus, um, it's just difficult because again, she is pretty big. So that's why like, even with my Z now, I'm able to squish her in the car and we can go places. But to your point, yeah, I can just leave her, take a taxi and keep it moving. And then some, I believe even with the Uber there, they have an option to where you can bring your dog with you in the car. Okay. Okay. 
And so talk about the language, because that makes me nervous now, too. Like, learning it, how long does that typically take to pick up? I mean, what's the what's the deal? I, I've taken years of Spanish, years of Spanish. All I can do is tell you words and say random things. Um, but, yeah, I'm just not – I'm not fluent, not conversational. I think, honestly, that's enough. Like, I create scripts for everything. I already know if I'm going to a restaurant – just like you do in the U.S. Hi, can I please have a table for two? May I please see the menu? This is what I want to eat. This, everything was good. They asked you how your order was. Oh, it tastes great. Or, oh, we need to change this. And then may I have the check, please? So mm-hmm. just like that, there's a script in America. You already know what that is. Just translate that and then learn it. Okay. So I, I, that's how I compartmentalize different things. Because me going to a taxi, same thing. If I have a taxi, I'm going to have the same questions, the same, everything, every time when I go in, how much does it cost to get here? Thank you. <laughs> you know, is this right? Yes. Okay, great. No, then this should cost this much, right? Kind of vibes. You know, I, I mean, my Spanish is not the best. I feel like I speak very elementary, like a, you know, a five-year-old and that's okay. Cause no one's made me feel bad about it. I just have the same script. That's like, you know, sorry, disculpe, mi español es muy mal. My Spanish is very bad. And they always are like, Oh no, está bien, it's good. I'm like, Oh, okay. Thank you. You know, there's my little boost of confidence. And then I just keep going and like, you know, I can understand it, but I can't speak it. I say that all the time. Like, entiendo más, pero habla poquito, <laughs> you know, put what you know together Google Translate is your friend. Make sure you have it on offline with the languages that you need and, you know, go from there. The the easiest way to learn it is to put yourself in it because you're going to mess up and then like remember that moment. Like, oh, remember when I was at the grocery store and I thought that onions was, you know, I thought that uh, mushrooms or grasshoppers was mushrooms. Ha ha ha. I'll never forget champignones again. That's kind of how you learn things is by like kind of going through the motions and those moments will stick in your head to where you'll remember different words based off of what happened there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like it's, it's you know, keep it simple. Read children's books, like Spanish kids books. Go watch Dora the Explorer. Kids are learning a new language too and they're starting from scratch. So like I just do that. It's very visual. It's very catchy. You know, let Grace's Corner come out with the Spanish version. It's over. It's over. So, you know, it just helps stick in your head a little bit. So you just kind of sing it along. But yeah, I think it's it's not the deal breaker. Now, if I go to a place where like it's in the deep, deep, deep country and my, my Wi-Fi and my stuff isn't working, I'm pointing a lot of things. I'm using my hands. I'm mining. <laughs> so you know I'm drawing I'm doing whatever I can to to be able to figure out how to communicate and going from there you know your hands you're gonna do a lot with your hands you're gonna you know point out things and do all that to figure it out and you just laugh at yourself at the end you know I just tell people like just be chill like take a breath it is okay like there's literally no rush like you don't have to be anywhere anytime <laughs> just be so just kind of go with the flow, relax, like in, in our lifestyle, like breathe, inhale, exhale. Like it is okay. You're going to mess up. Just embrace it. Like run into the mess ups because the sooner you can laugh at it, the 
better it is that you'll be able to make that transition. And again, those things will stick into your head when you mess up so badly that it's like, I will never forget that word ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. I love the idea of scripts and sort of doing what you would do in the U.S., but somewhere else. And then obviously learning the colloquialisms that they use as well. So, and there's several ways to do that. And like you said, reading books, watching shows, lots of things, lots and lots and lots of things. So, okay. I like it. I like it. So as we start to to close out, I've so far gathered that my instinct right now is to go and get the shorter lease or the smaller unit. Cool. I do that. And now, um, and I'm also kind of doing that as like, not just like a cost thing, but I think it's a mental thing for me too. And that it'll, it'll literally signify that the time to get back out there has come because I got the two bedroom space, which I really don't fully utilize, but I got it so that I didn't have to work where I slept. And I did not want to work in my living room. I didn't want to work in my bedroom. I wanted to keep things separate so that I wouldn't lose it. And I have a little room where I can lock everything up and walk away. However, there is something to be said about not, you know, having so much empty space. And also this, this particular unit I'm looking at would be penthouse level. I wouldn't have anyone above me making any sort of noise or dropping things on my balcony, which has been a recent issue. And I'm still super mad about it, but like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have that. And it would signify for me mentally that it's time to shift and to, to just really get out there more. There's a co-working space. I basically have access to that would be right um, next to where I would be living, which would be fantastic. And I don't know, it just is like stepping into this new, this new chapter. It's, it's very much symbolic and I'm excited even with the winter, right? Even with the winter, cooler, darker months that are coming, I think that could be great. And if I plan it, that would also be really great. The last thing is what you said to me too, is it doesn't have to be forever, right? And it can just be for a few months, like an experimental thing, which a lot of us who are entrepreneurs here, we do launches, we do different offers, we run things, we we roll out things. And sometimes you're doing it from an experimental point of view to see how it goes. And you don't necessarily have to sell that thing forever and ever. Maybe it's you do it for you know a few weeks, but like it's it's temporary. So I could do something on a temporary note. And then if I like it, cool. Maybe like you said before, it's something that I can, that I end up loving. And I'm like, oh, there's no way. Or maybe I'm like, well, okay, this was fun, but what's, what's over there? Or let's maybe hop over to this, this part of the world. And that to me is also very encouraging and it sounds very fun, right? It takes some of that trepidation out. So that's that. As far as like the next steps, right? When you finish with your consultation with someone, as you close out and it's time to make decisions on like, making those next steps to relocate, where do we close out? Uh, Well, it it depends on what you, what I refer for you. So for you, once you have, I would tell you like, Hey, reach back out to me once you make that decision this week, but feel your way, like feel the feels through it. And then also think about what do you want your days to look like while you are working in your new place? So I know you talked about, okay, if I'm in a smaller place, they don't have an office. So I need to find a co-working space. Oh, there's happens to be one next door. So what does my morning look like? Am I going to wake up earlier now that I have to leave the house to go to a co-working space? Am I actually a night owl and they're open 24 hours? So in the day, I want to frolic and go have lunch and meet people. And then 
I work for, you know, I can do my work in the evening time kind of vibes. So kind of just idealize, like, what do you want your day to look like in either your new spot or like overseas, or if you decide to stay where you are and someone else is living there with you. And then I would also recommend coming to the Lit House just because it is that one month and everything's done for you. Uh, Now, there are no pets allowed, so we would have to figure out what to do (laughs) with your dog. But as far as like the locations that go, it would be great for you to test out Mexico City. And that way everything's like, you don't have to figure out where to go. You don't have to figure out the pricing. You don't have to figure out where to eat. Nothing. All of it is already done. And then you can see like, what does, as a test run, do I see myself living here with my pet? And then from there, like wherever you go, you can test it out. And then once you're like, okay, I visited five places. These are my top two. Then you bring your dog. And then from there, you'll see what it's actually like. So I would use, you know, your month overseas to hop around and get a test run of what it would be like to live there. So yeah, I would definitely recommend coming to Mexico City when we'll be there next year. I think that'd be a great location for you. Really just checks a lot of the boxes of the things that you liked about the places that you lived in the U.S., as well as Barcelona, some of the other things that you mentioned about your city as well. Perfect. Okay. So that sounds like a really good plan. And before we, before we close, I do want you to tell the people what the lit house is for those who are curious. Definitely. So lit stands for local in training (laughs) and it actually means something, (laughs) but we do be, it is lit. Uh, It's a great time. So the lit house is all inclusive housing meant for black women, solo travelers who wanting to get a test of what it's like to live in another country. So at the house, they receive comprehensive support, instant community, and they get like one-on-one training of what it's like to live there as a Black woman, to live and work in that country as well. It's a house oh, that depends on you know how many people are there. We change the size of the house, but we max out at four. And you each get your own bedroom, your own bathroom, because we're grown adults. And we have the shared kitchen space and the, that is fully stocked. So your bathroom, your bathroom is fully stocked. The kitchen is fully stocked. All you need is your computer and your clothes. And I will walk you through what it's like to live there. So you don't have to, again, like figure out like, okay, what, what, how do I get around? Do I need a taxi? Do I need Uber? Is there Uber? Where's the best place to eat? What do I do for fun? Who lives around here? Let me meet some local people that are living here as well. All of that is the lit house. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. That makes complete sense. Definitely, definitely interested. I'm really excited for those of you who are listening who are like, yes, sign me up. Please check out Amber's IG page, reach out to her. Her DMs are open. She does not bite. Her handle (laughs) is at Amber, the letter C Edwards. And when you go to her page, you know, you'll see the link in bio, you'll see a link right? Linking you to the Lit House IG page. Her website is very informative. There's lots of information there on how to book a consultation like this one, right? Because brainstorming, this is our, our livelihood, right? Lodging is, a, is attached to a lot of our livelihoods. We need we need to make sure this is organized in a way that makes sense. And if you're like me and maybe you overthink, or maybe you have some things that you have to, responsibilities that you have to you know, take care of and, and deal with in a sense, you want to have these kinds of conversations. And even if you don't, I think it's fun to have this type of conversation. So even if you really can go anywhere, maybe your lifestyle is a certain type of way that you want to keep 
living in that regard, right? Who knows? But you can have these conversations with someone who knows what they're talking about and how to navigate it, especially in these certain areas of the world. So I'm really excited. We will, we're going to do a, when I go visit the Lit House, we'll do another episode. Maybe we'll do one there. We'll record it there and I'll let you guys know how my month was at the Lit House because I'm so down to go. So, so down. We just have to coordinate with Zara, but she is going to get some additional training, which is going to make her a phenomenal, phenomenal a guest at people's homes minus the shedding. So she's on the path to, to being able to rock and kick it with anybody. And we're working on that. So once she's good, I'm cool with leaving her for a month, but yeah, I'm so excited about this. The idea of traveling again just makes me happy. And I love what you're doing and the work that you're putting out there and how, don't you have like, um, do you have a course or an ebook or some, some other, I thought you had something else too, to, to help people. Yes. So I do personal relocation planning as well. So if you want to create what that looks like for you, your lifestyle, that would be the best pathway. So for you, I only recommend it the lit house because you don't want to live in another country permanently. It's mostly like a a month. My recommendation is like a month and then you come back, do what you need to do. Then you go to another place. All the lit houses are in places that have existing black expat communities. So if that's something that is on your list, then it's just like, okay, I'm just going to go visit the different lit houses. But if you get to the point where like, okay, Amber, I came to Lisbon and I fell in love and I want to move here permanently. What do we need to do? Then I would recommend the relocation planning because we're working together to figure out how are we going to wrap up your U.S. life and what are, what does your new life in your new country look like? Perfect. That makes complete sense. And I did not know there was more than one lit house. That's also good to know. Yes. So right now we're in two cities in Mexico, about to be three. Oaxaca will be the third. And then we'll be Portugal next year. There's going to be one in Costa Rica, Belize. We'll be wrapping up the year in Belize in December of this year. And that one I'm excited about. That one's like my plant-based house. So we're going to have a plant-based chef coming and cooking for us for the month as well, which is great because now you don't have to worry about anything. You just have to be there because I'm going to feed you (laughs) also. And then we'll have one in like Colombia as well. Panama. Where's the other cities? There's a few other ones um, that are on my list. There's like 10 cities that um, have the largest black expat communities. And so that's where the houses will be located. Brilliant. Brilliant. That makes complete sense. And I am so excited. So this is perfect. I mean, how can you choose one when you have all of these lit houses? Like, how can you choose one place to live when there's all these different lit houses to visit? That's where my mind goes. Right. Well, they all have different vibes. So like some are warm, some are mountains, some are city, some are beach. For me, that's really the most of it and then the cost so it's like how expensive is it to get around is it you know cheaper in the city because it's a large city or is it you know many that's pretty inexpensive to get around versus you know probably lisbon would be portugal because it's europe so mm-hmm. different stuff like that um and then like let's say you decide like okay i want to have kids i want to or i'm i'm single and solo but i'm you know i still am married i have people who are married who go here that you know just they come for a month and they go back because they can work from remote. And so now you're looking at places like with where maybe my family, I can raise a family. So you're looking at it a little bit different. Okay. And then the people there as well. It's like maybe you just go to a city and you just love, you 
you create community there more than you had anywhere else. That's really what I feel like draws people to places the most is like affordability and community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Oh my Don't goodness. Don't your bestie or man. Like some people start dating overseas also, so that keeps them there longer. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll yes. see. Yes. You'd be we'll surprised. See. Yeah. We'll- I mean, I got my bestie already. She's got four legs and she doesn't talk. So right <laughs> now um, I'm cool with her, but we'll see. We'll see. We're open-minded. We're open-minded. And I'm excited to meet people like while I'm already out as well. Um, I think that'll be really cool. So Definitely. this is really exciting. Oh my no, it is. Okay. And I love, I love it. Like it's something about living overseas. Like that expat community is really, truly something else. Like it's, I just, I don't know. It's just like a different mindset that you reach when you've lived outside your comfort zone yeah. in a place. And so I don't, I don't know. I feel like the relationships get deep fast also. Like you meet some people like, and you're like, okay, wow, you have been that kind of like person that I didn't know was there. And it's not even like even relationship wise, but like just being yeah. able to have conversations on different, like you just reach a different mindset when you're overseas yeah. and like you 1, get it. you've lived it. So it's just like, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's something just, I can't, it's really hard to explain. I need to figure out I'm coming together with y'all. How are we going to figure out how to explain what it is? <laughs> it's just, yeah, this you know, it is a vibe. It is a vibe. And as a military kid, right? Like you, I've had, you realize young that your livelihood has a lot to do with the people around you. Yep. And so, especially as like, I've, I'm kind of like an ambivert. I am more an extrovert than I'm an introvert, but I do like being around people and I like commingling and like just being out and networking. That's why I have this show network and spill was to teach people part of exactly what you're trying to explain because so many people I realized struggled with it. And I didn't realize that for me, it was, I wasn't going to be happy, right? When you're a kid, you don't have any bills. You don't have any things. All you have are your friends. And that's who you invite to your party, your birthday parties. You want to be invited. That's who you sit next to on the bus and, and during like lunch and school. So for me, I realized the power of having someone or a community of someone's. And so you learn how to build them quickly. If you want to have fun, if you don't want to be left out and if you don't want to be alone. And so growing up, that's what you do. And I learned how to read people really quickly and how to connect with people really quickly. And that's one of the fun things I love about this show is, you know, I meet people and it's like, well, how long have you known Amber? I'm like, ah, I met her online. I haven't met her in person. I've technically known of her for a couple of years, but like, I don't know. And they're like, it sounds like you guys are just like, you've known each other forever. And I have that happen. Like if we and I met at a cafe and we were chatting or something for the very first time, I guarantee you from the outside, it's going to look like we've known each other for a while on, on those types of occasions, Love it. because that's just like, you kind of lose that whole squareness about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like your total family. It's like your drag family. So it's different (laughs) when you choose. Then it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. we have to be friends because of proximity or we've just known each other forever. Or it's like, no, we, we are connecting and we are friends because we are choosing to be friends and make that connection. It's like a very amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I'm excited to do that even more. So shout out to you for doing what you do and for taking the time to show people what it's like to even have this conversation. Um, I felt like I got pretty personal. Everything I said was true. I don't think I made anything up for this because I wanted to stick with like a realistic narrative. Now, this is a realistic narrative for me. Yours may be completely different. That's why you should book your call with Amber and have a conversation with her one-on-one. But you guys get the vibe. You get the gist of how we do things. But Amber, thank you again so much for coming on the show, for taking the time to speak with me. Um, It's been a pleasure. I'm excited to have you on the IG Live. We're going to do an IG Live, y'all. If you have questions, let us know, right? If your burning question can't wait or if you missed the IG Live, please feel free to DM Amber and she'll get you what you need or set up a call with her. But we're going to go live on Instagram. Make sure you're following myself at Whitney Danielle Co. underscore. Make sure you're following Amber at Amber C. Edwards. And that's it. That's all. Anything else, Amber, you want to leave with the people? You know, thank y'all so much. And it's possible. We can do it. You can do it. Let's do it. You, <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's just like your life is going to make a huge shift once you make that move. So run, just run to it. It's amazing on the other side. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited. This is fun. I'm, this is why I was excited about this call because I knew it was going to be good. And yeah, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully you all enjoyed listening in and hearing more about my situation as well as what Amber does. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Again, catch us on Instagram. And Amber, thank you again for being here. Thank you, Whitney, as well. My pleasure and always a pleasure speaking with you. Yes. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.